So, yeah, so personally, speaking about myself here, there are things that I would like to do. But one of the, like, being a professional basketball player, for example, mm -hmm. isn't one of them. But I could technically tap into that. Yeah. But I don't want, to, like, I would say my heart doesn't say, like, go be a professional basketball player. Yeah. Like, play basketball sometimes if you want to. I don't right now. But it doesn't say, like, go after that. Exactly. So what was my point here? Yeah, my point was you can you can do anything that you want. You can act. You can tap into any reality that you want. But why, why do we want one thing and not another? Why do I not want to be a professional basketball player? But there are certain things I do want to do. Well, it's part of like what your heart wants, isn't it? So, you being that puppet thing there, sitting there, that that human being. Let's call it a biological computer apparatus, puppets, whatever you want to call it, by allowing yourself to believe or put yourself into the position where it feels like you're that person there, that person's got a certain frequency connected to the universe. And if you get your, you, let's say you, you turn your dial to receive on that frequency and to transmit on that frequency, then it feels good to you. It resonates with you. And that's your... That's your sort of signal from like the universe to say, this resonates with you. This makes you feel good. This is easy for you. It's fun. It's enjoyable. It's creative. You're going to love it. And it's telling you that way by how you feel in your body and you resonate in your resonant body because you're like an energy being, aren't you? So when things resonate with you, you expand and you feel good and you know, you start to like open up. You want to do things. You don't need to be motivated to do anything because you can't stop yourself doing things that you love doing. Why would you want to? No one wants to do that because on the deepest level, you are the happiness. You are the state of happiness and it resonates with you. And when you have a different one that doesn't resonate with you, it's just basically telling you this is resonating a lot less. So it's up to you. You want to be a basketball player? I like playing it every now and again. That's good. Okay, then play it every now and again. You want to be a singer? Oh, I love singing every day. Oh, that's a that's a clear signal from your from your let's call it the universe, your higher self, your subconscious, your deeper self, whatever you want to call it. The one that's got like the overview and that it's saying, yeah, let's do this. I'm going to send you a signal, and that signal is going to be an inner resonance of a feeling of like joy and like happiness because that's what you truly are. So when you do something that like matches up to that frequency, you're going to feel that inside. Mm. And that will be your signal from me, the universe, to tell you that's what you're doing there. That's like resonate and do that. And then it'll be up to you to take action. Now say you don't take action. What are you saying to the universe? I don't want to do that. Send me other shit that I don't really like. Because even though it felt good to me, my brainwashed programming up here in the hypnosis told me, like, you can't do that. You're not good enough. People don't like you. People don't want to listen to you singing. What do you want to do that for? They're going to laugh at you. And instead of listening to your heart, your inner resonance, and taking action, no matter what the programming said, you listen to the programming, and therefore you're made to feel uncomfortable and unrestful and maybe even depressed because you're ignoring your advisors that are telling you, I feel sad, I feel like rejected, I feel worthless and that because it's telling you, this isn't resonating with your true self. 
So it seems like one thing that is important in order to get to your true self is to be willing to go where the fear is. Well, yeah, again, the fear is just an advisor. There's nothing wrong with the fear. It's just an advisor coming up, telling you, saying, there's potential danger here. I'd like to, you know, interact with you here and communicate with you because from my perspective, what you're thinking about there, that could bring us potential danger. So I need to have a, uh, have a conversation with you, the here and now you, the king, the queen sitting on the throne. That's all it's there for. And it wants you to tell it like, you know, everything's okay because whatever. Or, oh yeah, you're right. And it's not really good for us, is it? Maybe I'll go this other way here. And the fear will be like, yeah, that feels a lot better. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. Okay, so let's stick with the singing example because on top of it, this is something that has applied to me. Mm-hmm. And I started singing in the past and I stopped and then I started and I stopped. And I've, I've always felt that it was my heart telling me sing. And then I, 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 I can recognize that it was fear that made me stop or I allowed fear to, to lead to me stopping. So how, how do we deal with that then? Because essentially for me, yeah, it was the fear of judgment um so you would say connect with that fear definitely and like oh i feel fear about like people judging me and that's okay and that's okay and then what because you said it it can either just be like accept and keep going or accept and take the message and then be like oh yeah you're right Mm -hmm. i'm gonna choose to go with what you're saying advisor well the way i would deal with that the way i'd approach it is first of all i connect with it and then i'd say to it thanks for coming up and making me aware of this if I really wanted to sing, I'd say to it, well, it's from now on, whatever it came up with as an objection, I would tell it from now on, it's okay to feel that now or to experience that now. So what would be some of these reject, uh, what would it like people would laugh at you? What else did you say? Yeah, that I would feel stupid because feel stupid. like if I'm fully singing and I can't sing, pro- like mm-hmm. if I could sing like really well and people heard me, then that would be fine. Yeah. But it was the fear of like, I'm not there yet. And uh, if people hear me really sing badly, then I'll be judged for, yeah, I'll just feel like an idiot. I'll, I'll feel like they're judging me and think that I'm shit. Yeah. So notice as well what the fear is trying to protect you from. It's not really its job. What you're saying there basically is if I do those things, I'm going to feel uncomfortable feelings and I don't want to feel them. That's rejecting your advisors again, self-rejection. So what the fear says to you basically is like, listen, this could happen. This is to do with our programming here, what's in there. And this is what could happen projected out into the future. So the way I would approach that is, first of all, I'd say to the fear, thanks for coming up. Thanks for making me aware of that. From now on, fear, it's okay if people laugh at us. And then I'd notice how my body responds to that. Got really scared. Good. So scared came up. So that's the part of you inside that's fearful about that. And what most people do is they try to, like, push that away. You have to go. Scared part, you have to go so I can do this. That's the illusion. It's not. It's the other way around. Scared part, I want to connect with you because you're scared. And I'm going to tell you now that you can feel scared about that. What that often does is it sort of says to that scared feeling, so is that okay? It's okay to feel scared about it. Yeah, it's totally okay. But they're going to judge us. It's okay if they judge us. Now, maybe another uncomfortable feeling will come up and they'll say, yeah, but when we were five, you know, we got judged to that and it was terrible and that. But it's okay for you to think that. 
It's okay to feel that now. Because you're going to feel the feeling for it. It's just a little younger version of you just scared shitless because it thinks bad things are going to happen. But in the end, all that's going to happen is you're just going to feel uncomfortable feelings. And if you go back to what I said in the beginning, it doesn't matter to you anymore what feeling comes up. You're the king or you're the queen sitting on the throne. Whatever feeling comes up, that's in your kingdom, your queendom. You are there for that part. You're not going to turn your back on it. You're not going to reject it. You're going to be like, ooh, interesting. Tell me about that. What's making you say that? And by doing it, what will happen is it'll express. And once it's expressed, it will leave on its own. It was never a problem. And then whatever like, uh, is over with that, then you have clarity then. You're not like, you know, getting influenced by uncomfortable feelings. Other advisors have expressed themselves. They've gone. And now you just think, well, I'd like to go singing and then notice how it feels then. And often you'll either just feel like neutral or you'll be like, oh, I'm excited about it because that's your heart again telling you this resonates with us. That excitement is literally you, an energy being, like resonating literally inside saying, yeah, this is going to be great. I love it. But then the, the thought might come up, yeah, but like I might not be able to do it. Just approach it again exactly the same, magic secretly. It's okay if I do it wrong. Let's say it comes up, yeah, but I'll do it wrong and I'll make a complete ass of myself. It's okay to do it wrong and make a complete ass of myself. And again, what you'll often feel is either just like a relief or so, oh, okay. It's okay to make a ass of myself. Yeah. From now on, it's like, it's okay to do that. There's a sort of release or an uncomfortable feeling will come up. And when it comes up, it's just another advisor. Just welcome it. Thanks for coming up. What do you want to tell me? Or, or maybe at the same time or instead of old programming will come up in your head and it'll tell you things like yeah but like you know if uh, we make a contact of ourselves like that then um, everyone's going to hate us and they're going to laugh at us so then you just give that self-love and you say well that's okay that you say that that's you saying that old programming not me and you're, I'm not going to try and convince you that it's different or I'm not going to accept it I'm just going to recognise you without judgment say that's your opinion thanks for that and then often some of them will be like deep rooted so they'll come with a lot of resistance which is great because every time you say it's okay you're going to trigger the intellect again because it'll always hear it as a judgment when really what you're saying is it's recognized but it hear it as like you saying it's it's good you've approved of it and that's why it's so powerful it took me years to sort of realize that that's how that was working I was using that for like quite a long time, like maybe a few years in different contexts and that. And I didn't realize I was using the same tool, but in a different, slightly different way. And then one day I realized the power of that word of okay, because it just triggers your intellect, always hears it. It's like a judgment, like you're approving of it. So it's like you're saying, I approve that people give me shit and, you know, tell, laugh at me and stuff like that. When that's not what you're saying. You're saying it's recognized that that could happen. But if, if it means, if okay means, uh, it has a, a connotation of approval, how can it mean that it's just being recognized? Because that's the way I'm using it. Because like, you know, like uh, I could just say, well, it's okay that the plant's there. So there's a plant there, like uh, opposite, like next to you on the, on the right hand side. I can use that word as to say like, well, it's okay that the plant's there. The plant can be there. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying it's okay that it's there. 
Mm. The, the plant can be there, the sun can be up. Yeah, the sun can be there because I'm not resisting what is, the sun's up. The example that I often give is like, you know, you've got the, uh, you want blue skies and the big black cloud comes along and you're like, big black cloud, come on, you know, I want a nice summer's day and a nice blue sky and you're getting in my way. Go away, you're spoiling my happiness. Well, the big black cloud would say to you, if it could speak, well, I'm here. I can't go anywhere. That's why I'm just here at the moment. You can make a problem of it if you want. Or we could just say to the big black cloud, it's recognised, big black cloud, that you're there. It's okay that you're there, big black cloud. No resistance to what is. I prefer blue skies, and that's also okay. And that's why it works so powerfully, because it'll just, it's, it works like a magnet. It'll pull all the resistance out of, your dunk, out of the, the darkness of the subconscious, and it will bring it into the light of your conscious attention. And when it does that, then you can just neutralize it with self-love by just recognizing it and saying, that's okay for you to say that. You can say that if you want. And every time you say that it's okay, so a typical one where people get stuck on is when they'll say like, yeah, you know, it's okay if people laugh at us and stuff like that. But then the mind will come up with one like, but you don't really believe it though, do you? And they'll be like, no, I don't really. And they'll fall into the trap. Instead of saying, it's okay for you to think that I don't believe it. Is consciousness the one that believes anything? Is awareness? The awareness doesn't believe or anything. That's the mind that's believing it. So you're just giving the suggestion back to it. Whatever it tells you, you're just giving it back to it. Saying, the salesman's coming and you're just saying, here's your product right back for you. Thanks very much for offering. I'm not saying it's good, I'm not saying it's bad. We're just recognizing it that it's there. And there you go. That's yours. It's not mine. So you can actually use the, the things in your life that you're kind of scared of, for example. Uh, like for me, what, what I've been really afraid of is abandonment. Mm -hmm. So um, what, what I've been really afraid of is getting attached to a girl that like I'm in love with, for example. She's in love with me. And then in that moment, uh, at some point, she then leaves me. And it's something I've avoided because of that fear. But actually, that, that could be... There's nothing really to fear because that could be a real blessing for me, actually, if I, if I perceive it in the right way. If I'm really in love with this girl and she leaves me, and that's really painful for me, all these feelings are going to come up. There's a reason I'm so scared of abandonment, right? Like, exactly. This has been since since childhood and so then that is either the worst thing in my life or the perfect opportunity to heal exactly that by feeling everything that comes up and accepting everything that comes up it's a gift so what most people would call like a trigger or a problem i call a gift from the subconscious offering you deep inner healing or from the heart's perspective balancing because from your heart's perspective, you're always whole anyway. There's nothing to heal. You're always whole. It's only the mind that splits things up and says like, oh, these parts, you're not allowed. And these parts are allowed. So from the mind's point of view, we say like healing. It's like to heal it back in. So it's like becomes whole again. But from the heart's point of view, you're always whole. So it just thinks of it more as like, oh, it feels more like balancing. 
So you've got like the good ones on one side and the bad ones, you know, a judgment call by the, uh, by the intellect. Not really good or bad, but let's use the mind's terminology. So you've got the good ones all on one side and the bad ones on the other side. And the good ones have got preference. So they're like nice and heavy on this side and they're weighing down. And the, the other ones are like, you know, they're not allowed to be because there's, there's like an imbalance kind of thing. Or maybe let's say like, uh, you know, on one side that the positive ones are like, unbalanced and the negative ones on the other side are not so balanced so when you allow the negative ones in as well then suddenly there's balance again because from the heart's point of view you was never you were never not whole you're always whole there is only one not two but when you reject parts of yourself you're not you're not allowing yourself to be whole in a way well the mind's rejecting parts of you yeah yeah so the mind's saying like I like to call it the bouncer on the door. So the bouncer on the door has got a list of all the parts that are allowed to come in and all the ones that are not allowed. And typically you'll have like, you know, happiness, you'll be allowed to come in. Uh, Joy, you'll be allowed to come in. Uh, Empathy, you'll be allowed to come in. But ones like shame and guilt and anger, ooh, you're not on my list. You're not allowed to come in. So they get rejected, but their energy and motion, they need to go through your, your system communicate and then go back into what I would call the big me to the universe. They need to do that, but if they can't, they get stuck there and then you could call that a subconscious blockage because the mind's rejecting parts of them. It's it's using conditional love again. You've got to match up into my conditions and then I'll let you through. And if you don't, then you're going to have to stay outside there. You'll get rejected because you're not worthy of coming in here. Shame, go away, don't like you. Guilt, go away, don't like you, hate, they're not allowed. Where the self-love would say, hey, guilt, shame, whatever, you're all allowed, come on in. Because I'll recognize you. You don't have to change for me. That's why it's so powerful. It's the most powerful healer in the whole universe. Because it's what you truly are on the deepest level. It's just you healing you. Mm. There's not even really two. It's just, it seems like there's two. But paradoxically, the more you accept shame, correct me if I'm wrong, but the less it sort of dominates your life, the less it consumes you. Well, exactly, because it's not a problem anymore. It never was. It was just a misunderstanding. But not only are you perceiving it differently, I feel like personally in my life I I used to experience quite a lot of shame and now I, I feel shame sometimes, but... It's not really something that is consistent, whereas before I would I would have long episodes of just being in a shame state. Exactly, because as you said many times before on your podcast, what you resist persists, and what you accept, you have the power to transform. Because hmm. it's only resisting it, it's just, it's got to go through, it's energy and motion, it needs to communicate and then go through, it doesn't want to get stuck in your body, it's just a messenger, it's just an advisor, that's all, it wants to go back home into the big me, it doesn't want to get stuck in the little me, but because you keep resisting it, it just gets stronger, and when you let it through, and this is where people sometimes like make a little bit of a mistake, they do some great healing in a work and with self-love and they accept things, and they feel great for like maybe three weeks or four weeks. They fly around on a little pink cloud because it feels amazing because there's like parts of your consciousness that were getting rejected all the time. The back in is like better than any drug that you can ever think of because it's just pure like essence coming back in. 
So after like a month, the uh, something happens and now they start to feel shame again and they say, oh, it's come back, which is like the, the terminology as if it's a problem. When it's not, what's happened is you've impressed the subconscious so well that the subconscious said, well, you did well with those layers. I've got a lot more deeper layers down there. I'm going to give you access to them. Where normally I wouldn't even let you even go anywhere near them because you're not ready. You're not ready to take the responsibility. So I give you the first layers and you did well with that. I'm impressed. I give you a little bit of time, you know, to, to reprocess and stuff like that. And now we're ready for the next layers. Makes me think of a, I think it's a quote by Jordan Peterson who says um, something along the lines of your ability to experience your light corresponds to your ability to experience your darkness. Yeah, exactly. So the, the, the further down the, the cave you're willing to go, the higher up you'll then be projected into the sky or whatever. Yeah, sounds pretty spot on. Wow. And the treasure, another, another quote. Let's keep yeah. the quotes going. Yeah, let's go. The, the, the treasure you seek is hidden in the cave you fear the most. Yeah, that's another one. It's a great one. So you have the biggest, the, the, the biggest blessing you get from confronting your biggest fear. Exactly. Because your biggest fear is just an advisor trying to tell you stuff and you keep running away and he's like, oh, I have to get stronger now. I have to run after you even more. The more you run away from me, the more I'm going to have to get stronger and like, you know, find you wherever you are because you're not listening to me and I think we're in danger and I need to know that we're safe. And until I communicate with you and I know that we're safe, then I need to get stronger and I need to follow you all over the place. Mm. And, and so, because uh, for me, that losing my mind has been a, a, my number one fear, I would say. Um, and it's something that is now much less intense, still present, but much less intense. Well, why would you say that I'm now less afraid of it? Because... The mind you were fearing to lose, you've lost. It's that simple. You're programming, you're conditioning your hypnosis that said, I don't want to lose my mind. You've lost that programming, that conditioning, that hypnosis. And now for the new programming, the new conditioning, the new hypnosis, it's like, oh, that's okay now. It's okay what? To lose my mind. You just become okay with it. With the idea of... It's just an idea. It's not real. Yeah. Because I often have this, like when I give people like tools and stuff like that and we do inner work, I often have it where people like will contact me and say, I've lost my mind completely. I'm totally lost. I'm just in like a psychosis or whatever. And I'll say like, is that the same mind that was creating that crappy life that you said that you didn't want to have? Is that that same mind we're talking about? And they're like, yeah, it is actually. Well, great. Congratulations. You lost it. Good. <laughs> well done. You've been using the tools exactly as I gave them to you. Because that's the idea. Because it's only a character you were playing in the movie that you've lost. And that character, that old character, was like shit scared of losing his mind. Oh, what's going to happen? And then when you let go of that character, you also let go of all the qualities of that character. So the qualities of that character was this idea that, oh, I'm going to lose my mind. And you accepted another character. And this new character said, well, losing the mind's not so bad after all, actually. 
what's the worst that could happen? I'm just going to lose programming and conditioning that's been limiting me in a way that's made me feel really unhappy. That sounds like a good thing to me, actually. Hmm. Maybe I should lose my mind more often. I think specifically what it was, because losing your mind, I don't know what that really means. Exactly, it's just an idea. But specifically, I think it was losing control of my mind. Yeah. Was what was really frightening to me. Well, only the mind would say that. The heart would never say that. Because the heart's like, I don't need the mind. But you do need the mind. The heart doesn't need the mind. Does a baby who's six months old need the mind when it's doing whatever it's doing, just to be? Then you need it to operate in the world. Later on you need it to operate in the world. But to move you need your brain, right? Mm -hmm. The brain controls the body. It's like a computer, isn't it? Basically. So imagine like you... Again, well, like, think of it like that. The baby crawling around on the floor, it hasn't quite learned yet properly how to use its body, but it can still use its body without having a mind, without knowing who it is or what it is, because that's just the character that's playing in the film. Mm. So that's what often happens, is the character starts to think that it's real and that the actor is not real. And it's like, uh, this is who I am. And it gets scared of it and thinks, this is who I am. I'm going to lose myself on that when you're not real anyway. You're just an imagination, that's all. Not real. When you were six months, you weren't there. You weren't even invited to the party yet. The first time you came to the party was the first time you spoke a word. For a year, we were just being. No problems whatsoever. Don't have to prove anything to anyone. Don't have to reach anything. Just like shitting your pants and drooling all over the place. I just don't care. It's just like, I'm just am. Just being. It's only because we have to fit into this idea of society and then interact with other people and stuff that we develop this sort of structure, social structure and social expectations. And they're part of the mind, aren't they? So if you're in some kind of like um, hypnosis where you think you're not good enough and everyone else is better than you and you have to prove yourself and all that, then that's just a character you're playing in the film because the real you knows what a bullshit this is ridiculous without me the real me that character doesn't exist i was already here for a, for a year and that character didn't even exist basically the character often gets written by your parents so the way i like to think of it is like you get born you like uh, you get born into the film and the film is your life and you don't know yet who you're going to be. So you're basically just a, an actor or an actress and you don't know yet what your character is going to be. And you get born with a subconscious, which is a very intelligent, uh, let's say, mechanism inside. An intelligent uh, knows how to create the body from the sperm and an egg, tells all the cells what to do and all stuff like this. Or so it seems. So we could call the subconscious like the director, basically. And the director gets given the, the task of like, okay, we've got an actor and an actress, it's unlimited potential, she or he can play any part whatsoever. What part are we gonna play? I need a scriptwriter for my character. So it doesn't know itself because it's only got basic programming. Can't ask you because you're just like completely like just being, you don't know anything. 
So it looks to your parents and it says to your parents and that, oh, well, you must know because you seem to know what you're talking about. You know, I can't put a roof over our head. I can't feed this. I can't put the clothes on. But you seem to know what you're talking about. So what I'll do is I'll take your script. You can write the character for my actor or my actress. Now, if you're very lucky and you're probably like 1% of the 1%, your parents will constantly ask you, what do you want? What do you enjoy? What do you like? And if that happens, then when you get older, you'll notice that the character that you're playing matches up with who you really are, your heart inside. And you'll be like, yeah, it's great, it's easy. But if you're like the rest of us, they've written a character that doesn't resonate with you. They've given you a character to play in the film. It's not you. Why would they do that? Well, they just do it because like, it's not their fault. They're just basically putting all their own things, what they missed out on. Like, you know, maybe they've had you when they didn't expect to have a child. So all their hopes and dreams, they're gone now. So imagine like, I'll make something up. So imagine your mother uh, wanted to be a, a ballerina or something and your father wanted to be uh, whatever, a footballer. But because of you, now they can't do that for one one reason or another. You know, they have to sacrifice certain things and because of these, the circumstances that happened or whatever, they had to, it just wasn't possible with what they had at the time. So there's probably a little bit of resentment there towards you. Not on purpose, but it's they're just people. They're just like everyone else. So your mother might think like, you know, I'll try and push him to do this because I want to live my dream through you. And your father might push you to try and do what he wanted to do because I want to live my dream through you. So there's those kind of things, obviously, as well. You know, your parents are just as, like, fucked up sometimes as everyone else, you know. So they've had, like, damage to the programming. They feel like they're not good enough. They feel like, you know, they have to prove stuff. And they'll program that into you. Because monkey see, monkey do, eh? Like, you know, they can say whatever, but, like, you watch what they do and you copy them and you think, I want to be like that. So... As the time goes by, you, you grow up and then you have like, of course, you want to be you and they want you to be who they want you to be. And that's not often not the same. And then you get to like maybe teenage or whatever. And then the, uh, the intellect has decided, I know enough now. I don't need them anymore. I'm going to break out on my own, you know, as a teenager and you fly the nest and stuff like that. But you take with you what I call the mental parents in your head. And the mental parents, basically, if you're the king or the queen, they're sitting on your throne and they're telling you what to do. And I often have this with people. It's like soul destroying just to like to listen to, to, to these kind of people when they come with these kind of situations is that like they'll say to me that they're not motivated to do things or they're not happy or they're depressed or whatever. And it's blindly obvious to me straight away what the reason is, is because they're living the parent's life. The parents have told them, if you don't become a doctor or you don't become a, a whatever, you don't do this and that, then I'm not going to love you unconditionally. They might have not said it in those words, but that's what the actions have said because they'll be disappointed all the time. Oh, you're not doing this. You know, you're not doing that degree and stuff like that. And it's obvious for them, obvious that the inner resonance is saying, I want to be this. I'll give you an example. It's the best example whatever. It still blows. Even, even though I'm not going to say it, I can already feel like the goosebumps happening on my whole body because this was just like a perfect example of what I mean. This guy was like maybe 
he was maybe Indian or something like that. And he come to me and he said, like, I've got imposter syndrome. I don't feel like I'm connecting with everyone. I, I feel depressed. And he came in like just like a broken soul, basically, and just sat there like opposite me. And he told me about, like, he said, I've got this amazing job. Got like four degrees, like job pays amazing amount of money. Um, just doing everything and that, like, and uh, I, I knew straight away because you get an instinct for these kind of things and intuition. And I just knew he was living the life of his parents. So I asked him, and not like, you know, do you do you enjoy doing those things? That's always one of my first questions that I'll ask. But anyone ever says to me, I'm not motivated to do something. My first question is, how much do you enjoy that thing? And pretty much always it's going to be like, not really, you know, or no, it's okay. And then they'll come with rationalizations, which is basically the sound of the mother or the father saying, oh, you know, you've got to do this because later on in life, it's going to be good for this. And they'll come up with those rational things. That's not what I asked. I asked you, how much do you enjoy doing the thing you like doing? And they'll be like, no, don't really like doing it. So I asked this guy and that like, and he sat there and he was like, Basically, it was like a plant that had like had weed killer on it and it was just hanging over like this, like, like really. So I asked him the magic question and I said to him and that like, imagine we had a magic wand and you could just do whatever you wanted to do. And I'm not messing. He like opened up like he was a plant for the sun and it was almost like all the clouds behind him just disappeared and the sun came out and he put his hands together like that and he just went, oh, I just love to cook. And I was like, bam, there it is, right straight away. And it blew me mind. It blew me mind. It was night and day. And straight away, oh, we found the reason. Why you feel like you're an imposter? Why you feel like you're not connecting with the people on your work? Why are you feeling depressed? Why are you not feeling happy? What a surprise. The way he did it, it blew me away. The, the way he put, sort of put his hands, and he had that sort of like tremor, as if he like, you know, he just, it, it was almost like he was going to dare to say it, like he'd never been able to say it and that before. And he was just like, it was just like he opened up, like the sun came out. It was almost like the room of me, of the, the roof of my, my room where it was, it just like fell away and it just like, just, oh, everything came out and he went inside and just went, I just love to cook. And that, and I said, then tell me about that. Tell me why you want to cook. And it was just like 20 minutes later, this guy floated out of like my place where, where it was, you know, because basically he was just living his parents' life. The mental parents in his head were telling them what to do. They were sitting on his throne, telling them what to do. And I said to him, it's your choice. I can't make the choice for you. It's obvious. And this this type of people, they come to me very often. And I often see it, you know. And it's like what you said before, like one of the examples, you know, you're feeling, what would you say to someone who's feeling depressed? I would say to you, listen to your advisors. Because that's all I did with him. I just listened to his advisors. So when he came in, his advisors were that feeling of depression, it was feeling of rejection. I listened to them. I didn't tell them to cheer up or anything like that. I didn't tell them to change. I just listened to them because they were telling me exactly what was wrong. And I was listening. Because of that, like, I waited and I let him express and all that. And then when I listened to his advisors, I asked them the magic question. If I had a magic wand and I could wave it right now, you could have anything you want. What would it be? And at that moment, his heart started speaking to me. 
and it just changed. It was just like a metamorphosis. It was like a, like a, a like a, what's it called? A caterpillar was in the cocoon like that, and then suddenly the cocoon just opened up, and this butterfly just flew out. So it was just like, what a surprise! <laughs> he didn't come back. He did come back a few times, yeah. But the thing with those type of um, situations is that really what it all boils down to, and I think I've mentioned this before, is in the end it's your choice. It's your choice. And what will often happen is that like people will choose for the parents. So I don't really know what actually happened with them after, like we did a few sessions and this is what often what happens is that like in the end, I can't do this for you. All I can do is I can expose things. I can give you tools. I can give you insights. But in the end, it's just right down to what I said in the beginning. Happiness is a choice for the mind in the here and now. For your being, it's what you are. But for the mind, it's a choice. And if you're not ready to choose that, and I got the impression with him it was like 50-50 because there was a lot of um, programming in there. And if he'd have wanted, then I could have helped him change all that programming. But again, it's his choice. It's not up for me to decide for him. And if he decides to live the life of his parents, which a lot of people do, then I respect that as well because I'm coming from unconditional love and unconditional love says, whatever you decide, that's okay by me. Beautiful. Yeah. I think uh, this is going to be a nice place to uh, end this episode. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you as well. Yeah, thanks for... uh, Having a little bit of like uh, tennis with us here, you know, yeah, firing it, one idea over, fire another one back, come another insight, come it, another. It was one. different than our typical sessions, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Because here I'm sort of like interrupting in parentheses. I'm kind yeah. of interrupting because I'm like, oh, it'd be good to mention this, and then you build on. Yeah, so it was a, a slightly different dynamic. Interesting. Yeah, which is great as well because it makes it easier for me to like give the information or the content that you're asking for, you know, so. I can give so much of like what I can give, but then if you feel like you know there's something else to be uh, to be investigated there, or some idea comes up on that, like then I don't have to think about the structure. Basically, mm. you, know, you can just like stimulate the structure and uh, yeah, just fill in the, the gaps. Great, great. Well, um, again, this is Dave Wright. You can find him on uh, his website, which I will put. In the uh, in the description of the episode, highly recommend you check him out. First consultation is free on top of it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back. I, I get the feeling we're going to do another episode. So uh, I'll be looking forward to it because I really enjoyed it very much. And uh, thanks for uh, giving me the opportunity to speak with you. Great, thank you.